Welcome, everybody, to this exciting episode of the Taken With You podcast, number 285, for August 31st, 2014. I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. Hold on for a second. If words can be weapons, then what I say can affect it. They're not just words on a record. And I can choose to respect it or choose to infect it. But once it hits the water, it's too late to be selective. Because one voice is enough to make sleeping giants wake up. To make armies put their hands up and watch whole nations stand up. It's one belief, one spark, one faith, and one we start. And we can reboot the whole chart before it all falls apart. So stand up, shout it out, and put them in the air if you like it loud. We only got one shot, so let's make a count. It's a takedown, nobody can stop us now. Stand up, shout it out, sing it loud so the world can't drown us out. And before we depart, let's leave a mark, cause light shines brighter in the dark. When we scream, our lips don't make a sound. We march with feet on solid ground. We walk when no one wants to go on this untraveled road. And we're on the road again. On the road again. You mind me sing that, right? Well, sure. She's not singing that. We are actually on the road coming back from Raymond, the big town of Raymond, Raymond, Washington. Yeah, not so big, but it's my hometown, so I have fond feelings toward it. Sorry, I apologize for the sound in the background, but the road here is not so smooth. Yeah, and on top of that, um, I was blessed today with two pressure cookers. Two. Two pressure cookers. A large aluminum pressure cooker and a smaller stainless steel pressure cooker. Woo! I'm excited. Boy, you sound excited, dear. Well, if, if um, I have like about a thousand tomatoes in my garden that are green right now. Maybe a dozen that are not green. But I've got like <coughs> 990 green tomatoes in my garden. She's not exaggerating either. We have so many tomatoes. This is the most tomatoes we've ever had. We can't even believe. And and we're not talking little tiny cherry tomatoes. We're talking well, we have some of those and lots. But we have the big ones, like big big ones, bigger than like, I see in the store. Like softball sized tomatoes. No bigger than that. Some bigger. And, you know, we, my favorite ones, though, flavor-wise, are the little... We have some little kind of um, golden cherry tomatoes. And those are my favorite. And then my second favorite are these small grape tomatoes. They're really sweet, too. I like the sweeter tomatoes. But we're going to have so many tomatoes that I am going to learn how to can tomatoes this year. And, and by canning, she means jarring them. Yeah, putting them in jars and um, hopefully making some nice stewed tomatoes so Rick can make his pepper steak he likes. We have a great recipe with Worcestershire sauce and tomatoes and onions and soy sauce. And your peppers. Green or red peppers. Mm -hmm. Sometimes both. Sometimes some yellow peppers. Whatever. It's really a great recipe. It's really yummy and you use stewed tomatoes. But my favorite way is without the steak. I like the, what do you call it, pepper chicken instead. Because I don't really like steak. Yeah, it's really good though. You have to try it. Maybe I'll put the recipe on takingwithyou.com. 
Yeah, and I think um, I may be canning some green beans in the near future, too, because we have a lot of green beans, too. We do. Yeah. So, um, what did you do this week, dear? Well, um, I went ahead and uh, did negotiating for a new adventure that I'm going to be on. And what is that? You know what it is. I... Uh, I accepted a interim pastor's position at uh, Raymond First Baptist Church in Raymond, Washington, which means that I will be part-time there um, preparing the sermons and the messages and uh, working with their team, their members, on finding a new pastor for the church and helping them get on the same page and go forward in uh, what they want to do as a church. Yeah, so um, we went down... Technically, you aren't starting until next week, um, and but we were already scheduled to be down there this week, so we're going to be sharing a little bit of what you talked about um, today at church on our podcast, a message about courage. Yeah, so that's what I've been doing. I also did a video project for a downtown Aberdeen Association uh, the uh, arm is what is called Aberdeen Revitalization Movement. We're just now passing a place where I'm doing a wedding this weekend coming up. Uh, the RV Arctic, uh, our Arctic RV camping spot is going to have a wedding, and I'm doing the, the marriage ceremony for this really nice couple that we met with this week. And they have gorgeous dahlias in front of there, too. Lots of really pretty flowers. It's, it's really pretty. It's going to be a nice place for a wedding. Um... So, yeah, we've been really busy with all kinds of stuff between the media business, your radio job, and now part-time pastoring. And I'm, this week I'm going to be um, teaching a bunch of uh, guys at the Lions Club in Hoquiam how to update their website. That's on Tuesday. And then I've got, uh, obviously, the sermon series to prepare for. And a couple of voiceover jobs to do, and should be a very crazy week ahead. Yeah, hopefully it'll keep you out of trouble. Well, the weddings always, I always like doing the weddings because they're joyous. They're a joyous occasion. Marriage. <laughs> we'll gather us to gather today. Yeah, so what have I done this week? That is a good question. <laughs> I think you were supposed to ask that. <laughs> what have you done this week? Should we go the Montesano cutoff way to get home, or should we go the Aberdeen way? The Montesano way is the way I prefer. All right. We have a fork in the road coming up. We better get it out of there before somebody runs over it. Ha, 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 So, do you really want to know what I did this week? No. Yes, of course I do. Well, apart from work and helping you with your work. And eating fresh salmon caught only a day ago. That was good. We brought we brought fresh salmon that our neighbor gave us down to my mom's today. And we cooked it, put little slices of lemon and a couple little pads of butter on the top and baked it in the oven. Salt and pepper. Salt and pepper was so good. It didn't need anything else. So it was perfect. And then, of course, my mom made um, Swedish... Um, Cream peas and potatoes. And you know they're Swedish because when you buy them, they go, Yeah, you betcha. And fresh beets from my sister's garden. 
So it was good. Well, what I did besides work and helping you is we're having company come. And so I wanted to get the the front, the guest room. What company are we having come? Um, our daughter-in-law's mother's coming from Georgia. And then we're having more company. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if our other company is going to stay with us or not. They're welcome to, but what we're going to have to do if the other company comes, since it's a couple... No, no. It's, it's not. Oh, no. Okay, that's a different company. Daniel, our Daniel's listener coming. from uh, Washington. Yeah, and... Colfax. And, and just so you know, Daniel, um, I'm trying to make the guest room more gender neutral because it used to be our daughter's bedroom with lots of pink and polka dots and flowers so i'm trying to make it more we don't know i can't remember daniel if you're staying the night or not uh, so you have to let me know but we're excited about meeting yeah. you but the guest the guest room's getting all squared away i had used it kind of for storage lately and i had some rickety old plastic shelves in there that had canning supplies and you name it it was on those shelves it was a mess and so yesterday I spent hours kind of taking half of everything out of that room, vacuuming it to the corners, and I took all that stuff out, and then Rick got a new shelf for the music room to put all the video equipment on, and so I had to move the bookshelves out of there to put the new shelves in there, so it was... The rotation of shelves. The pantry shelves went in the hallway by the washer and dryer. And the bookshelves from the music studio went into the guest room. So now it's kind of an office slash guest room with, you know, library slash guest room. Have my grandma's old desk in there and tons of bookshelves. And a bed. So I know this is really boring, but women, you know, we understand. Happy Labor Day, everybody. So this is Labor Day weekend, and I haven't even started on the yard yet. I've got lots of stuff to do on the yard this weekend, so craziness. But I just was so exhausted when I finally put my head on the pillow about 1 in the morning. I was just like... You were, actually. Yeah. But we got the shelves in your room, which you still haven't put your stuff on. I can do that today. And so you got to put your stuff away that's all over the floor in, in, in crates. Um, but the, the pantry shelves are squared away, and I'm going to have to make room for my two second-hand crock, or not crock pots, um, pressure cookers. Pressure cookers. So I have the, the um, canning jars there on the shelves already, and so I'll just rearrange the water bottles I have there and put the, the um, pressure cookers on there and when I get enough tomatoes or green beans to can, I can can them. So, but the, the guest room looks really nice and I'm pretty excited that we can start having guests in there now and it's not just a mess of storage. And you know what I'm really excited about? We might actually also get to meet our friend Wayne Henderson and his wife. That's what I was saying about the couple, um, because our guest room, it's a really small room. It just has a single bed in it, but um, our daughter has graciously said that, well, I don't know if we totally asked her, but she will go back to her old, the guest room, which was her old bedroom, um, and if we have a couple come stay, they can use our um, 
her bed, which he has a queen size bed. So, so the offer stands there. So we're excited yeah. to get to meet uh, you, Wayne, and your wife, and that should be really cool. I hope you guys are going to make it up. Yes, and I'll make. He has a sister that lives in the, I believe, in Vancouver. Oh yeah, that's only like two hours away, two and a half maybe. Yeah. Yeah, about two and a half hours. Yeah. So that'll be lovely. Lovely, and I I understand that Wayne's wife is a flower addict like I am. Yeah, so that should be good she to get you guys together. Yep, I can show her around my garden. I want to take him to the Chinese restaurant. Uh, and also the um, Star Wars store, I'm sure. Star Wars store, way to go! Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to taking some of our company out to Lake Quinault. That's my favorite place to take people. Other than the fact that it's kind of a long drive, but it's so beautiful. Lake Quinault, it's a rainforest, so hopefully we can take people there. Some people like to go to the beach, and I will tolerate going to the beach with them, but it's usually cold and windy there, so it's not my favorite. Have you been listening to me on the radio at all? I do occasionally listen to you on the radio. I did yesterday in the kitchen. When I was I'm on every day, almost. Yeah, sometimes you're on when I'm working, so I don't always get to hear you. Maybe a few minutes in between jobs, I'm driving from one job to the next. Sorry, dear. But if you want to listen to Rick on the radio, you can listen to him streaming um, from anywhere in the world. It is um, www.kix. Five, no, 953.com. So that's KIX953.com. Then just click on the Listen Live and guess what? You can listen live. And no, not only that, they finally put my picture on the website. Oh, okay. So um, that you're generally on from 10 till 2 every day. And well, 10 till 1 on Saturdays. 10 till 1 on Saturdays. And no time on Sundays. No, because you're out preaching in Raymond, which you'll hear his messages on our podcast. At there's least that pressure cooker. There's a pressure cooker. Thankfully, it's just rattling and it's not really ready to explode. They do that sometimes, I've heard. Oh, great. So I'm going to need to read up on how to do it properly so that doesn't happen. Yeah? Yeah, I don't think that would be fun to have that happen. You know, the exploding part. Like Pop Rocks. Yeah, but I think a lot bigger than Pop Rocks. I don't think we have anything to worry about. Okay, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about before we share our, your little message thing? Yes. Okay, what? Okay, so we've now been into four episodes of Outlander. Now, you have to understand now... This is a new experience for us. We bought a, a premium channel on our Dish Network. For the first time. For the first ever. time. And it's a series that you have to understand with Amy and I. We we have not um, watched something on on a cable network like this before. So we've, we're not Games of Thrones fans. And we haven't watched sales or any of these different type of things. So we were surprised when we watched... Outlander for the first time and realized it was very adult. Um, I love historical fiction and it has some good writing, some good cinematography. 
Um, and this last episode, I don't believe there was any nudity at all. So that was <laughs> four good. episodes into it. That was good. That's the, they're making progress. Uh, the the odd thing is, is um, I just yeah, it, it has a lot of good qualities, but it definitely isn't something we normally watch. But okay, so I have to confess to you that um, my dear wife. Uh-huh. That uh, I actually find the plot of this thing absolutely fascinating, and for some stupid reason, I it's hard not to wonder what's going to happen. And so it is—I don't know. There's something about it. Uh, I think combining the time travel element with the it's the horrible. Scottish kind of—you know—I'm fascinated by the dialect and the the customs and things that they're... I don't know. It's just kind of different, and it's kind of sucks you right into the show, which is really weird for me, because I didn't think I'd like it at all, and I did. I do have to confess that I started calling it Boo-Blander. Yeah, because the first couple episodes showed a little bit um, way too much um, top of women. Yeah. Well, and then what the third one showed, the bottom of men. Yeah, it wasn't literally bottom. It wasn't in a sexual way though. The the lady who's like a nurse slash doctor healer, uh, main character, um, was was helping an older man who had a very debilitating disease, and she said, "Well, it might help more if I massage your back instead." Whoa, of- whoa, whoa, whoa instead of your legs and so he just pulled right up his nightgown and <laughs> it's like oh my <laughs> um yeah so buns yeah buns yeah and they weren't in the bakery yeah i mean i've i've diapered my share of babies so i've seen some buns before but not generally grown men's <laughs> well i'm not going there <laughs> Well, so, but I I love the cinematography. The music's fantastic. Would I recommend it for everyone? I don't know <laughs> because it you know there's there's a little bit of swearing and there's some. It's not horrible swearing, I don't think. Yeah, it's just there's a few times and there's you know some adult situations. It's kind of awkward. A little, I think our good friend Jen from Anomaly put it well. Some blush worthy moments. <laughs> yeah, they're actually going to do a. You got to put it over here when I talk. They're actually, uh, Anomaly ladies are have done a show on um, Outlander. Yeah, I think, I think Jen's mom and, and her sister Michelle. Michelle yeah, have have done one, and I, I still need to listen to it. Is it out already? Because I thought it was coming out. I'm not sure, because I, I just saw on the Anomaly feed that they had um, recorded it, but I'm not sure she's got so it we edited. Highly, we highly that. recommend that you listen to the Anomaly podcast. It's anomalypodcast.com, and they're just, they have such a great insight into things, and I think you'll hear a different perspective about the show from them as well. So I'm curious of what they think. Yeah, um, and I know her sister Michelle, and I think Jen is a big reader too, but um, Michelle's a big reader. I think all of them have read them. I haven't gotten my mom to read the Outlander books yet because I listen to most of them from the library on CD, 
but my mom and my daughter and I all share the same Kindle account. And so, like, we've all read The Hunger Games together, and there's several, I think, the Twilight books. And there's several books that, that all three generations, we've, you know, Catherine's been interested in them, and so That's she's bought That's me rolling them. my eyes. Or, you know, we, we've all read the same series, because one of us would buy it and it'd be on our Kindle, so we'd all read it. And it's been kind of fun having... I have to say that the biggest thing about Outlander is it is when it ends, you don't want it to end. You want to keep going with the story because it's so fascinating. And that's the only bad part about it other than the adult material that we're not used to. But uh, it's it's the... They leave you hanging and you have to, I mean, you're like, oh my gosh, don't stop now. I want to hear what happens. So that's kind of, that's a good sign in a series if it leaves you wanting to see the next week right away. Well, and one of the things that I find fascinating is the main character is really into botany and, you know, like the the use and knowledge of herbs um, because she's... Like Ricardo Montalban, Botany Bay? No. Um, because she's a doctor and then she's thrust back into a time before penicillin. So she's having to learn how to use what's available, um, how to harvest and how to dry it. And, and that's fascinating to me because I'm a gardener and I've always, botany was one of my favorite subjects in high school. So I enjoy that part. Um, I'm kind of, it's kind of my guilty pleasure because it, it is definitely more adult than, than different things that we watch. But the, if you can take that out of it, you know, cover your eyes for 10 seconds or something, um, it, it's a really good series. You, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and we've discussed this because I believe it's been filmed in Scotland. And we've just. I don't have any idea where they filmed it. I think it was. But, um,. But we've discussed how in the UK, um, well, and in Europe in general, that there's different standards. Like here in the U.S., things might get a worse rating for nudity, but maybe can slip in more violence without having to have a more adult rating. But in in Europe, it's a little bit opposite. Nudity is very common in things, but violence would get you a, a more severe rating, you know, more limited, like adult only. Right. So, yeah, so it's a little bit different, um, but I, I do like the strong female characters in um, Outlander. Don't kid yourself. You like all the men in kilts. <laughs> I did read an interesting fact about the oh, kilts. Oh, gosh, here we go. You know, the kilts that you see people wearing around, you know, they're blowing bait. They're big pipes and whatever those They're things. They're big pipes. You know, the, what are those? They're called... They're called bag pipes, Jerry. And you see them in these little, you know, plaid skirts. That's right, lass. Well, they they try to be historically accurate, which the costuming, I think they're doing... They did a fantastic job. It looks very authentic and very real. Sometimes, yeah, like we were back there then. Sometimes it's a little too dirty for me. But anyway, it looks pretty authentic and... But each of those kilts that you see the men wear have 10 yards of fabric on them. Wow. They weren't like what people 
we see people wear today in parades, they they actually were, were quite large for the fact that sometimes that's how people protected themselves in the weather. They, that might be their their blankets and their tent, you know, they, they were quite voluminous and then they wore some kind of belt to keep it all bunched together, but it was a little different than it's what a fascinating you, fact there, Laz. I know. I'm such a bookie geek. I like reading all that historical part. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So are you ready to talk about courage now? Well, yeah. I just wanted to see what you thought about the series now so far we, that we have four shows that we've watched. Well, I'm admitting that I'm on the seventh book. So obviously I like the series enough to keep reading it, but... But it is a little bit more mature than my general reading material. It's very... The lady who writes it, Diane Gabulon. She was Gabilon, on the show last night. She had a guest appearance in the show. She a cameo. Is, she's a very fantastic writer, very but very descriptive. Um, you know, but it's definitely a little graphic in parts. But, yeah, so, anyway, I'm, I'm on the seventh book and, you know, hopefully... Our, our new dahlia bloomed. Our dahlia is blooming. We just pulled up to the house, and Where's our dog, Jade? our Jade? dog is greeting us. Come here, girl. She's trying to open the gate. She's trying hard too. Look at her. Come on. She that, did it. She did. She opened the gate. Jade. Too smart dog we have. Hi. Oh, hi, Jade. Hi, Jade. So okay, well we'll stop talking to the dog so that you guys. Can. Here's the dog. Yeah, she's excited to see us get home. So, okay. Oh, sorry. There we go. Um, now we should probably talk about the uh, the message that I shared. Go ahead. Me? Why should I talk about it? Because you shared it. Ah, oh, jeez. Go ahead. Well, I talk about courage. C is for courage. And I did accept the, uh, the job to intern pastor and... One of the things I felt like I needed to do was talk about courage to the congregation. And um, I think it translates well to all of our lives. That All of us could use some more courage. And there's a fine line between um, fear and being courageous. And it's not as hard to be courageous as you think it is. Yep. It was a good message, and I even took notes and showed you my notes. You did take notes. I was very impressed. So, hey, get get a piece of paper out and a pencil, and you can take notes, too. Well, we're going to try to encourage you with this, okay? Okay. All right. We'll be back after this to uh, say goodbye. Good morning again. Well, today I want to share with you in the time that we have left a message that I call C is for Courage. If you raised kids at all and watched Sesame Street, I know what you want to do right now. You want to go, C is for Courage. That's good enough for me, right? That's right. C is for Cookie. <laughs> I love the Cookie Monster. I had a puppet of the Cookie Monster when I was a kid. Loved my Cookie Monster puppet. It ate many cookies. And it had a little hole in the mouth so you could actually eat the cookies. You remember them? With the googly eyes? I love googly eyes. There's something weird about me. But I do. So just beware. You might find googly eyes in places you never expected here at the church. But that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about today. I want to talk about courage today because um, a lot of us label ourselves cowards. When in fact we are courageous. 
Because I think Hollywood has done a disservice to the word courage. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for your Bible. It's so good and it's so rich and it has so much to say to us. Lord, would you grab a hold of our hearts today? Don't let us just hear words being said at us. Don't let us just go through the motions. But God, would you connect with our heart today and let these words from your Bible spring to life in our heart. Because they're real and they really do work and they really are life-giving. And Lord, if there's anything we need, we need life. We need your life, God. So speak to our hearts today and help us to learn about courage and the courage that you give. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. When we go to the movies, we think of, when I think of the word courage in the movies, I think of Rambo. Do you think, you don't think of Rambo? I don't know who you think of. Maybe you think of Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know. Uh, Maybe you think, uh, I don't, there's lots of different action heroes now. But you think of the big tough, like the rock or something, like, raw, I am courageous. Ah." And they're, they're kind of stupid because they just jump into everything and, you know, yeah, sure, they're brave and everything, but you're thinking to yourself, have they thought about this? Well, not actually. You're eating popcorn and drinking soda and watching the screen going, oh, yeah, that's courageous. Yeah. But that really isn't courage. That's made up. Did you know most of the movies you watch are made up? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Yet we, for some reason, gauge what we think about things via the movies. Now, there are some real stories that are put to movies and those are pretty cool those sometimes i avoid those because i know when i go in i can't tell myself now this is just a movie this is just a movie you know have you ever done that i remember going to um we bought a zoo and with my family because i love animals you know so we're watching the movie at the theater and it's going 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 and oh my gosh they got to a scene i won't spoil it if you haven't seen the movie i won't spoil it but let's just say this there's a situation where there's a, a, an animal's life is in danger And all of a sudden, I am sobbing like a little baby in the middle of a movie theater packed with people. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a 48-year-old man sob like a baby in a movie theater, but it's not pretty. (laughs) And my popcorn got soggy. I couldn't even eat it. That's how emotionally upset I got during this movie. And I was just like, oh my gosh. But I couldn't tell myself this was not a real story because it was a real story. So then what do you do? And you sob like a baby and hope you don't you know, have to blow your nose too loud. That's what my hope was. I got through the movie. We even bought the movie. I just don't watch that scene anymore. Because <laughs> it still bugs me. But movies kind of sometimes tell us what to think about our life. And that's not really good. Here's what the dictionary says courage is. The American definition of courage um, is the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty danger, pain, etc., without fear. But I like the British definition. No offense, Americans. British definition. The power or quality of dealing with or facing danger, fear, pain, etc. Doesn't put in there that you're not afraid because I found that when you're courageous, most often you're shaking inside. Because we would be foolish not to be afraid. But God is the one that gives us courage. Fear and doubt are really the enemies of faith and courage. And 
a lot of times I think we can, we can think that we're cowards or we can think that we're afraid. But in fact, all we need is a little dose from God of courage. That's why God puts other people in our life. Did you know that you're not supposed to be here alone? You're no, no person is supposed to be here all by themselves on a deserted island. You, in fact, you could look at your neighbor right now and just, for, just look at him for a moment. Okay, now look back. That person is there for a reason. We need each other. And I know that sounds sappy and like, oh, we need each other. But we do. We really do. Do you know that when you encourage someone, you infuse them with courage. That's what, not encourage, but encourage means to build up. In fact, some of the words used in the Bible when it talks about encouraging, they're actually talking about building an actual building. So when you give people words of life, when you tell them, hey, I noticed this about you and this is really cool. Or if you give them, sometimes you can even give constructive criticism and that will encourage somebody. I, by, by the way, I don't know if you've heard me on the radio. And he brought me in for a thing called an air check. And if you've never been involved in, in public media, you, your work is constantly evaluated, not only by the people that hear you, but by your supervisors. And so he took every part where I talked and just played it back for me right there. And then commented on it. Oh man, talk about nerve wracking. You know, and he goes, okay, well, do you see what you said here? Well, see, when you said that, it kind of sounded like this. So he basically critiqued me, but constructively. And I was a better, I'm a better disc jockey now as a result of it. Isn't that interesting? He encouraged me to do things a certain way. And it filled me, not with like Christian faith, but it, it did give me. The ability to do my job better. So there's nothing wrong with encouraging people. In fact, it's good to encourage people, especially spiritually. True people of courage evaluate their circumstances. And then they do what's right regardless of what may happen to them if they do it. Wow. Isn't that the truth? Sometimes you're surprised at the people who are courageous. But you know, they're just like you and I. Courageous people are not immune to fear. They simply learn to work through it. They won't let it paralyze them from doing what they need to do. Now this, I know this all sounds easier said than done. Because I've been in places where sometimes I've had courage and other times I've wimped out. But you ask any person that demonstrates courage, any person that you think is courageous... And if they're honest with you, they'll tell you they were afraid, but they didn't let it stop them. And we read about courageous people in the Bible and we think, well, they were Bible characters. So they were just, you know, automatically. But if you really read into it, if you really look at the scripture in context, you'll find that every one of them had doubts, fears, problems, hang ups. There was nobody perfect in the Bible but Jesus. And they're written for us. I was talking to Amy on the way out. And I said, I wonder why. Because one of the most uncourageous people of the Bible was. was What? Jonah. Yeah, exactly. He was really not cool. And then when he finally was forced to do what God told him to do. He was mad when the people repented. And he was sat down and had a pity party. And that's the end of the book. It's like, 
whoa, I'm not sure I'd want my name in there under that story. But the fact is, they're normal people that have been written about that we have an insight into their lives for a reason. I'll never forget doing speech tournaments when I was a kid. I started in junior high going to a, um, uh, these, these speech tournaments because I love to talk. You would never know that, would you? No. And so I joined the debate team. Not that I like debating, even though my mom would tell you I was a very good debater. She always won, but that's beside the point. It's because she was a mom. That's how that works. But uh, I remember going to these speech tournaments all the way um, from junior high into high school. And then in high school, I actually did professional speech tournaments with the group of, uh, it's called forensics. Not the kind that you do in CSI, but forensics like the time you talk about, you know, where you do speeches and stuff. And I took all sorts of awards and had all these different things. They would get scared to death when I'd walk into the room because what they would do is give you three rounds. You'd present your speech in front of six other people that were doing their speech in front of three judges. And then they would judge you who won that particular round. Uh, And so I would go in. And when I'd walk in, they would start to shudder because they, oh, no, the guy that gets first place all the time. And so they would all get all scared. And you know what? I'll be honest. I used it for my advantage. (laughs) Because you know what? Five minutes before that, I was in the bathroom throwing up. Because I was scared to death. But you know what I did? I said to myself, I like getting the trophy more than I like cowering in the back of the room. So I'm going in there and I'm going to do my best. So I would walk in and they'd be going, oh, they'd roll their eyes. And I'd sit down and I wouldn't even look at my notes. But the whole time I was shaking inside. Then I would get up to do my my speech. And at first I would blank out completely and think, panic, panic. I don't know what I'm going to say. And then all of a sudden it would kick in. And for eight minutes, I would talk away and entertain them and make them happy and laugh and everything else. And then I'd sit down and wait for the trophy. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is I may have been, it looked like I was something, but I wasn't. I was just like everybody else. The only thing I learned how to do was to fake them out and not let them see me sweat. And as a result of that, that was seen as confidence. I'm telling you right now, courageous people go through the exact same thing. Because when it all boils down to we're all in the same boat. You're no better than me. I'm no better than you. Or how I should say, you're no, I'm no better than you. You're no better than me. We're all just better than we used to be. I hope. Confident people are more often times insecure, but they fight to go forward anyway. The only thing, that, you know, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. The only thing that separates courageous people from cowards is their follow through. Cowards don't follow through. Courageous people do. They give up right before they're going to make the... The goal, right before they're going to get there. It's easier to be courageous, however, when we have faith. And this is what I think is important. There are a lot of people that will be reckless. So they'll go out there, they'll presume that I can do this. They think that they're, you know, they're, they're into the new age thing where they're wonderful and I'm beautiful, I'm wonderful. I look in the mirror, I can do this. You know, people do that kind of stuff. And I don't really believe in that as much as I believe in the fact that God is the one that gives us the ability to do things. So when I say being courageous is easier when you have faith, I mean that. When you have something to look forward to, 
And you know that God is going to take care of you. You can do just about anything. We can really endure a lot when we know what we're going, that we're going to get to the other side. I had a Christian counselor say to me once, she was wonderful. She said, you know, we all have things we don't want to do. I went, oh yeah. And then she said, but you know, if you can just make it through that hour or make it through that week, you're going to get on the other side and you're going to be better as a result of it. And I would look at, I go, I was thinking so much about the uncomfortable feeling of like, if I had to do a funeral for a, a high profile person in the community, I always would sweat that because you have so many different people and so many different opinions and different religions and all these different things that are, and I'd always get nervous. But you know, if you can make it through that and do your best, when you get on the other side, you'll be a better person as a result of it. And that's how I look at things now because it's, it's so much easier to have courage when you know, look it, I'm just doing what I know God is, wants me to do. I can do this. I remember one time, I had to get up and resign from something. I didn't want to. It was really hard for me. Mostly I just, I wanted to get out of there, but I didn't want to stand in front of everybody and do. (laughs) So I had to get up and I'll tell you, it took the most courage in the world. Or one time we had to do a disciplinary action on somebody that was my boss. And guess who they decided to preach the day that he resigned? You don't think that takes courage? I was shaking in my boots. I got to get up there and I knew what was going to happen. They were going to say, well, he's trying to take his place. And blah, blah, you know, you knew all the critics were going to. But I, I felt like infused by God's faith in my heart. And I got up and I preached my heart out. People that morning came to know the Lord. In a very awkward, intense situation. But that's God for you. He's good at that. If you can just make it through the next few moments... You're going to make it to the other side and you're going to be okay. We'll do a lot of things that we're scared of when we have courage. There's a bunch of ordinary people that you might not think were too ordinary, but they were, but they had courage in the Bible. How about David? Remember David? When he was just a kid, he went up against Goliath, the big hairy giant guy that was like nine feet tall. That had spears and armor and had a whole army behind him. And he called out insults to the people of Israel. David goes out, a little guy, didn't even wear any armor. Grabs five rocks and puts them in his pocket. Picks up a sling that he probably hit squirrels with. Put one smooth stone in it. And said, why why are we putting up with this guy? He's defying God. He's, He's not even part of God's... Thing, that's it. And he whips the thing around. And boy, everybody's thinking, David's going to get a spear shoved right through his chest. This is over. And he lets it go. Whoo! Okay, little guy, little rock, big guy, big spear, and a sword, and a loud mouth. The rock hits him between the eyes. The giant falls. David doesn't even have a sword, so he runs and gets Goliath's sword. Whacks the guy's head off. Holds it up. And all of Israel just goes. (gasps) And they start running after the field. What happens? They ran from him. And they all took off. Because what happened? David had courage. He didn't really. I mean, come on. He's just a little kid. But he had courage to do what he needed to do. I would imagine that he was scared to death. 
I would have been. Other people that had faith and courage. People like Moses. Can you imagine? He stuttered. Couldn't even talk right. And God chooses him to go talk to the Pharaoh. So he gets his brother to go with him. Can you imagine going to your brother? Um, I, uh, I don't know if I can do this. And the brother says, well, I'll go with you, I guess. Oh, this is going to be great. They both had to have courage that they weren't going to be... Well, they wouldn't have been shot. But they, you know, they're going to, they could be killed in an instant going before the Pharaoh. They had courage. How about Joshua when Moses died? What does the Bible say? Be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you. Joshua was probably scared too and probably wondered what in the world are we doing this for? This looks stupid. But look what happened. Because he had courage. Abraham. Can you imagine being Abraham and being promised, see the stars? So will your descendants be. And you haven't even had a kid. And you're in your 80s and 90s now. How's this going to work? Okay, I want you to leave everything that's familiar to you and go head out this way. What? That takes some courage to leave everything that's just normal and easy. How about Gideon? He's hiding from the enemies inside of a barrel. And the angel of the Lord says, Hey, mighty man of valor. (laughs) And Gideon looks around, Who are you talking to? (laughs) And gets these instructions and he's like, Me? You're going to find a thread though. As you're listening to these people, you're thinking to yourself, I know, you're thinking, What do they have in common? I'll show you what it is. How about Joseph, sold by his brothers into slavery, almost killed? Do you imagine the courage that he had to have to rise to the top in every place that he went? How about Ruth? Can you imagine curling up at the feet of an important guy because you knew God wanted you to do it, but you could have been thought of as, you know, not so good? Reputation situation. All these leave everything that's familiar. Do what God tells you to do. This is difficult stuff. Ruth had to be courageous. Esther had to be courageous to go before the king. She could have been killed. And then, of course, we're going to talk about Nehemiah next month. Uh, on several occasions, we will talk about him. Can you imagine Nehemiah having the courage to leave everything that was familiar? He had a great job as the bartender for the king, and he ends up. Being the spearheader of building the walls of Jerusalem. That's amazing. What courage that took. I mean, he would have been fine making the martinis. But he went and did something amazing because he had courage. Sometimes who and what you surround yourself will feed your courage or your fear. So sometimes it's good to look around and see who is it that is around me. It all depends On the people that you surround yourself. Because sometimes they will feed your courage. Or they'll feed your fear. Surround yourself with people that feed courage. Sometimes it takes time to convince yourself. That you are who God says you are. And you can do what God says you can do. But you know that comes with studying the Bible. And getting to know what God says about you. I don't really enjoy the dentist too much. Do you? No offense if there's any dentists here. But I go to the dentist only because I have to. My teeth haven't been the greatest in the world. 
and I don't enjoy it. They have to give me more shots than the average person because I feel everything. And I don't like that. But in order to manage the pain, they have to give lots of shots. Once the shot kicks in, they can do what they need to to fix my mouth and everything's great. I become much bolder in the process when I can't feel anything. Guess what? Courage numbs fear. It's like the Novocaine of faith. Courage. It numbs the fear. Pretty soon you'll do extraordinary things because what do I have to fear? If God is with me, who can be against me? Joshua had big shoes to fill. And when Moses died, he was commanded to be bold and courageous. And he wasn't necessarily... uh, Excited about that. I, I don't have time to read all the different scriptures that I want to read to you. But I'm going to give you real quickly. I'm going to give you keys to courage. And you can write these down if you want. It might help you in your, your, your everyday walk. All these people had very similar things happen with them. The first thing is you'll notice that every single one of them. I'm sure of this. At one time or another. asked God for courage. You don't get courage just by working yourself up. Ask God for courage. And you know what the Bible says? If you ask God for something that he wants you to have, if it's his will, and it's his will for us all to have courage, he will give it to you. But sometimes you've got to ask. I mean, you know, if the cookie is sitting there and you really want it, ask for it. So if if you need courage, ask him. It's better than cookies. How about this one? Number two, do the right thing, even when it costs you something. Most of the time, doing the right thing will cost you something. Doing the whatever thing, letting it ride, ignoring it, just setting aside, procrastinating, that doesn't cost you anything uh, until later. And then you regret. We don't want to be on our deathbed and have regrets. I want to be someone that said, you know what, I did what I needed to do. But sometimes it costs a lot to do the right thing. Number three, if you notice, all of them obeyed the Lord. The ones that didn't obey the Lord had problems. The ones that did obey got courage. Even when it looks like it's crazy. The other thing that they did, which I'm sure was very hard, and I know I've had this happen. They faced fear head on. They didn't let fear get the best of them. You know why? Because we weren't given a spirit of fear. You know what we were given? A spirit of love, self-discipline, and a sound mind. That's what we were given. Regardless what anybody else says. That's what the Bible says. That's what God has given us. Not fear. The other thing that they did, and something that really helps courage, worshipped the Lord. They worshipped the Lord. You know what? The devil hates it when we worship the Lord. He hates it. No, I, I know I know this sounds controversial, but the devil does show up at church on Sunday morning. Did you know that? He sure does. But he doesn't like real worship. He doesn't like it when the Bible is, is presented in a freedom situation where people get free when they listen to the word of God. And he doesn't like it when people worship the Lord. That doesn't, he does not like that part. So my idea is do more worship and preach more word. Pray more. And the devil doesn't like that. And it really clears the way for miracles when we worship the Lord. It brings courage in our heart. 
Because then we realize God is in charge. And then last but not least, don't take credit for anything. Give all the glory to God. If you have any success in your life, if I have any success in my life, I need to give the glory to God. Why? Because he has given us the ability to succeed. And it's all about Jesus, isn't it? It really is. He's the one that gives us courage. I've seen so many people go off track when they, they, they do this big, huge project and everything is just amazing. And everybody sings their praises and they go, thank you, thank you. And then pretty soon what happens to them? Their head gets bigger, they fall in corruption or something weird happens. And one thing I will tell you, I may be filling in as an interim pastor, but I won't let you put me up on a pedestal because I'm with you. We're together on this one. And we're going to go forward together on this one. But the more you put people up, the harder they fall. But I I guarantee you this. If I start taking the credit for anything, you can rebuke me. You can. I'll let you do that. You can basically say whatever you need to with me. But I'm just telling you right now. Don't take the glory for yourself. Give it to Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for courage. Thank you, God, that you want us to succeed. That you have amazing things in store for us. If we will listen to you, if we'll follow after you. God, forgive us for not following through. Forgive us for giving up right before we knew that the answer was there. Or right before the answer happened. Help us, God, to have courage as we worship you. Would you please... Encourage us with your spirit. Let us be filled with your Holy Spirit that we might do all the things that you've called us to do. And I pray for courage over every person's life in this church. That you would give us courage in the, in the weeks and the months ahead to go forward in all that you have. Not only for this church, but for our lives as well. Help us be courageous people. Let us put the action hero out of our mind And put you in our heart. That's our prayer. In Jesus name. Amen. Well there you go. My message at the First Baptist Church in Raymond on courage. What did you think dear? Well I thought it was good. I did take notes. Yeah you did. Yeah. So I hope everyone else enjoyed it too. And we would love to hear from you, hear your comments on the message, or anything else you'd like to talk to us about. Yeah, we were very pleased to get a couple of emails, but uh, we haven't got a whole lot of... We're not sure how many people are listening anymore because, well, I haven't looked at the stats in a while. Last time I looked, there was a bunch of people downloading it, but I don't know. Yeah, so... So if you listen to our podcast, tell us you do. Yeah, please do. You can get a hold of us. At rick at takehimwithyou.com or amy at takehimwithyou.com. You can also get a hold of us on our Facebook pages, facebook.com forward slash rick.moyer. That's mine. Or facebook.com forward slash amy.moyer. That's Amy's. Um, so get a hold of us. Drop us a little line. And I guess is that all for this week? I think so. I, I hope everybody. I did. I, I prayed for everybody on the message, so we're okay, good. We're good. So awesome. we'll see you next week um, on another exciting episode of Taken with You. Now go ahead and do your thing. This has been a Moya Multimedia LLC production, copyright 2014. All rights reserved. Thank you, dear. Okay, Jade, say hi. 
Oh! 